some of my earlier videos, I would have women say, oh, you're living my dream. And I'm like, live it yourself. Like, come on. This is not that hard. Come do this. Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. This is Kate White, your host, coming at you from northern Indiana, where we're staying in an Airbnb uh, to get our RV fixed. And funny enough, this episode uh, was recorded several months ago when we were in Florida, staying at an Airbnb to have the same issue repaired. Isn't it funny how these things work in RV life? Okay, I'm bringing this episode to you in August of this year, because everyone's kind of, you know, getting in back to school mode. Uh, If you're homeschoolers, maybe you are evaluating your homeschool curriculum and your techniques and and routines and all that stuff. And Joni Zander has a really unique perspective on unschooling that I wanted to share around this time because a lot of RV people are unschoolers. She had, she has two adult kiddos that were unschooled for almost their entire school or like almost their entire, what do I say? School years, I guess. (laughs) And she kind of talks about her perspective on what radical unschooling means and then tells a story of like what her kids are doing now as adults and kind of how that transition from being unschoolers, you know, into quote unquote, the real world (laughs) as adults uh, went for them and super unique, uh, super interesting. She's also a van lifer. So she has a really unique perspective on RV life in general. um, That's different from a lot of guests that I've had on the show so far. So I'm really excited to bring you some fresh new ideas and perspective from Joni Zander. I love this conversation. I think you will too. Let's get into it. Hello, Joni Zander, and welcome to the RV Queens podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I'm excited to chat today. So you are unique among our guests so far because you are part of van life. Um, for people that don't know RV stuff yet, um, that means you don't drive around in a big old RV (laughs) with like attached to a truck or attached to anything else. You drive a van and you live out of it, Uh which I have so many questions for you (laughs) about how that works, but we'll get there in a minute. I would love to start the conversation with who you were and where you were in life before you started living in a van full time. Gosh, I I should be prepared for this because you asked me that. But (laughs) Um, so I was um, I was in a house in Corvallis, Oregon on my own. I had my own business that I fairly casually did. (laughs) Not I'm not a I'm not a super go for it entrepreneur type, but I'm very entrepreneurial anyway. And uh, so my, um, I have two grown daughters 
and my youngest was already in college and already had her you know year-long lease she wasn't like moving back home during the summer and so she would you know they were both launched and so I thought now's the time <laughs> So your own business, I know this because I did a little internet stalking of you before this inter- uh, before this interview. You were an accountant. And so was it an accounting business that you ran? No, I actually haven't been an accountant for a very, very long time. Um, I was a um, wellness advocate with doTERRA essential oils. And oh, so nice. I was already I was already working pretty virtually anyway. Um, most of my my team was all over the place. I had about a hundred people on my team, and so I was already working pretty virtually. I was I had been doing you know I'd been using Zoom and having Zoom meetings for years before the pandemic. And so since I was already working virtually, I thought you know there's no reason to be in town. Um, I can I can be wherever I want to be. That's great. So were you familiar with camping or RV life or van life or anything before you hit the road? Or was it one of those that you just had the idea and said, let's just, let's try it? So there's a couple of pieces to that. My former in-laws full-timed for 19 years. Um, so I was very familiar with full-time nomad life, even though theirs looked very different from what I was doing. They they were in an ever-increasing fifth wheel, stayed in uh, mostly Thousand Trails parks all the time. I'm in a van and I boondock almost exclusively. <laughs> so very, very different, but still very familiar with with like nomad life. And I already had a sense for what a strong community there was on, uh, on the road versus in Sticks and Bricks. That's awesome. That is a... Uh a huge part of RV life that I didn't know before hitting the road. So the fact that you are already familiar, it's one less barrier to get on the road. If you already know that community safety net is out there to connect with, that is awesome. Are you still doing doTERRA or do, how do you pronounce it? (laughs) The essential oil uh, on the road? I I am not doing, I'm not with doTERRA anymore. I still use their products. I still recommend their products, um, but I'm not doing the business side of it um, as of about a year and a half ago. Okay, gotcha. But you were still running it when you hit the road and ran that for a couple of years because you've been on the road since 2017. Is that right? Been on the road for five and a half years. Um, I'm coming up uh, in May, um, my six years living in the van. I lived in the van for a few months in my driveway before I launched. Smart. <laughs> Get a yeah, feel for actually, it. <laughs> when you, when it really you still is. have a house. Anyone who can possibly do that, I highly recommend it. I, What I did was I moved everything in that I knew I needed. And then as I needed things from the house, I would go get them and put them away and find a place for them, which I think is super important to have a place for everything in a small space. So you mentioned you have two daughters that moved away. Uh-huh. Okay. And then was this a shock to the family unit or were, did they already see it coming or how did that go as far as family response? <laughs> we have been um, very alternative. Um, I unschooled my kids, which means that we lived as if school did not exist. And so we've been very alternative. We almost um, went on the road as a family when they were younger um, but my oldest was just not, and she, because of her experience with her 
her with her grandparents, she already knew. I mean, even though it would be different because, you know, staying with your grandparents as their full-time RVers is not exactly the same thing as a full-time family, but still had enough mm-hmm. of, enough information, I felt, to really make the choice that she did not want to do that. I don't know if this is an okay question or not, so I'll just ask it. If you don't feel like answering, that's okay. I'm, I have unschooled our daughter for, I mean, she was in kindergarten during COVID, and it's just been this weird mix of unschooling and quasi homeschooling now that we're on the road. And uh, I have yet to meet someone like you who has unschooled their kids throughout their childhood and now they're adults. So I'm curious to hear what your kids are up to now in their adult life, if that's okay. (laughs) So my oldest, we unschooled from second grade all the way through from 18 until um until 22, she was doing her own thing, working and all that, but didn't want to go to school. She had a college uh, fund. She didn't want to use her college fund until she knew what she wanted to do. So she waited to go to college. She's very fiscally responsible. And now she's a CPA at a firm in Bellevue, Washington, and passed the CPA exam in one try and was a cum laude graduating from college. So, you know, no big deal. <laughs> My youngest was a very different story. She's not as academic and um, which is funny. I mean, my oldest is more academic. She taught herself to read at four and a half, just, you know, just amazing. Um, my youngest had to work really hard. She decided to go to school at, um, well, it was halfway through eighth grade. Um, so I think she was 13. She finished up school, even though I still considered her a radical unschooler because that was her choice. She knew that she didn't have to be in school. It was always her choice. I wasn't involved in like her grades or any of that. I never logged into the school's thing, whatever they had. Um, It was all her thing. She also was really uncomfortable with how shy she was right around puberty, which is really common, actually, to be really inward seeking at that time. Most kids don't have the opportunity to actually hibernate at that time. My oldest did hibernate for two years during that time. My youngest decided to go to middle school and then high school. She had a couple of things that she thought she wanted to do to kind of get over being so shy. And the the second, so the first thing she tried was to go to a camp for unschoolers. Um, that didn't quite work. And so she went, uh, she became a exchange student for a year in Argentina. And she came back being able to talk to anyone in two languages. So yeah, she's she's always been really self-aware of just how she works and and uh, what works for her. And so she she went straight from from high school to college and graduated. And now she's back in school um, for a second degree in uh, as a registered dietitian. That is so fascinating. And I love the the individualized approach to me. I mean, my kids are very young still, just five and eight right now. and But they're wildly different. You know, the eight-year-old is creative, like, I mean, every day. It's like at least five creations all over the map of like, you know, anything. My youngest, uh, my son is like 
I think he's already an engineer because he's just, he wakes up, he makes his bed, he puts his clothes on. He's very neat. He's, you know, they are polar opposites. I've just found, first of all, like so much joy as a mom, just being able to, since I'm with them all the time in RV life, just like enjoy both of their personalities and then feed what interests they have. You know, Winnie's really into like animals and art. And so- we study those two things primarily. And Teddy is like into reading and he loves math already, you know, stuff like that. So um, I love hearing how, I mean, through the years, it sounds like you just kind of taught them to be self-motivated and let them kind of guide their own journeys and have that freedom. You don't have to teach kids to be self-motivated. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. If you don't squash their interests, they're going to be creative. They're going to do the things. So much of of uh, feeling like we have to motivate kids is just trying to get them to confirm, conform to what we want them to do. I, I really feel like kids, you know, I mean, if you look at a three-year-old, who needs to motivate a three-year-old? Three-year-olds are very motivated. It's the socialization that, you know, we socialize that out of them so that they can sit still in school, that sort of thing. And I mean, you can even see that with other adults too. I don't I don't just think it's with kids and learning. I think naturally adults are and could and should be like lifelong learners if we just give ourselves the space to just keep pursuing what we're interested in. The way I've defined unschooling for people who just don't understand is it's how you learn when you're not in school. And sometimes it's taking a class, you know, as an think about when you want to learn something as an adult, what do you do? You might find somebody who knows about that. You might look it up. You might watch a YouTube video. I mean, my oldest taught herself how to play the piano, play like really complicated pieces on the piano through YouTube. You might take a class. You you know, you might go on a trip. Just natural learning. I love that so much. Thank you for going into that topic with me. I didn't really expect to go down that uh, sidebar, but... I'm a solo female van lifer. You wouldn't have expected to go into unschooling. <laughs> I am curious about your experience now that you're a YouTube creator, you know, you have this really cool platform, which is called, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Galavan. So tell me if I'm wrong. Did you go into this? Did you go into van life knowing, having this little like seed of an idea or tell us how that idea developed? I researched for like five years before I even had my van built. I didn't even know, I didn't even think to look at YouTube for van builds. That's how not not aware I was. I was on the Sprinter Source Forum, you know, looking just obsessively reading p- about people's builds. When I first started, I went to a thing called a, it was a van build party hosted by uh, Jamie Diamond of Enigmatic Nomadics. Um, I don't think he's doing that anymore, but I met uh, a guy there who, I mean, I had everything. I had internet, I had plenty of power. And, um, and this guy was in the middle of his build. He had none of that. He didn't have, he didn't even have power. He would go to Starbucks to upload his videos. And so I just hung out with him, saw how he filmed his videos and how he edited because I had the power. So I invited him over to, um, to edit in my van rather than at Starbucks. And, um, I was like, you know, that looks kind of interesting. Maybe I'll try it. And I went off on my own and I'm like, hmm. I've got a smartphone. I can, you know, film something. And 
So I filmed a video and I, I took it back and he sat next to me while I edited it and gave me some hints and I uploaded it and it didn't suck. You know, it was not bad. And it was fun. It, it was a lot of fun to do. And then that night, um, or I guess the very next night was my last night there. And Jamie, during his van builds, he has other YouTubers, other vloggers um, do a video each day for his channel um, because he's busy building vans. And so um, he turned to me the, the very next night and he's like, do you have a channel? And I'm like, well, yes, I started it yesterday. And Seven, Seven Wonders the World was the one who um, who taught me. And he was standing behind me and he said, yes, and it's good. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so my second video that I ever made was for a channel that had like 300,000 subscribers. And um, and so it was a collaboration video. And, um, and then I did a couple of collaborations with Seven, the one who taught me how to how to video and edit. And so right off the bat, my channel, without being, you know, a young thing in a bikini or anything like that, um, my my channel within two months had 2000 um, had 2000 subscribers, um, which is a pretty fast rate of growth um, for, you know, someone who doesn't know what they're doing at all. And I didn't have a vision. I had no focus. I was just basically my my process was I would film what fascinated me. And so a lot of it was vlogging. I'm trying to figure this out. I, you know, I would make sure that if, if I was bored with something, it didn't make it in. You know, I was very, very uh, hard on my edits. And, um, and it wasn't for a couple of years before I got the focus of my channel of helping women get on the road. Ooh. And, and did that come through, feedback from the videos you were creating or people um, you met on the road or how did that focus for Galavan uh, come over time? Most of it came from me looking at the analytics and realizing that like I would do travel videos, like I'd go to a national park and I would, you know, make some video and I would come back and edit it and then I'd post it and it would get almost nothing. I would meet someone who had a cool van and I would do a van tour and it was so easy to edit and it was so fun and it would just go crazy. And I was a little bit, um, I was kind of getting over it. And I went to an event, uh, this was in the summer of 2019, and I did one van tour at this van event. I should have done probably 10, you know, now I'll do 10 to 15 videos at an event. Um, but I just was kind of over it. And so I did one tour and that one video has over 2 million views. Whoa, dude. And I'm like, okay, the van tours are more helpful for people who are trying to get on the road. They're easier to make. They're more fun to make. And they get so many more views. I actually make some money on them. <laughs> and so, um, so that's when I kind of changed focus to van tours. And so I would tour just about anything. And then um, I've just, I've just narrowed it down to, I really just want to help women get on the road. And so I focus on women designed or women built vans, uh, for the most part, every once in a while, I'll find a cool van that the guy has done and, and I'll add that into the mix. But for the most part, if you look at the tours on my, 
on my channel, it's almost all women. That's great. Why do you think you're so passionate about women specifically getting on the road? Um, I think being a lesbian um, has a lot to do with that. <laughs> Just I, I like being in women's space. I like being around women. Um, you know, most of the women that I run into are are also either mostly solo women or women couples. I feel like it's a big deal for women. Like once you're middle aged or older, um, I feel like women have this magical invisibility cloak and it's like our superpower. I mean, when you're younger and you're having kids, I feel like breastfeeding is a superpower, right? Now, after all that, I feel like having an invisibility cloak is actually a big superpower. I can do a lot more things and people don't notice what I'm doing so much. So many women in that era of life, that after after raising children era of life, they're usually economically disadvantaged. Um, a lot of them have either um, divorced or uh, or are widows and um, or never married, but usually divorced or widows. And women are generally more economically disadvantaged. And so van life or road life can be a really great option for them. And they have been taking care of people their entire lives. And it's their turn to do something, to, you know, to do what they're passionate about. And so I feel like helping those women. Some of my earlier videos, I would have women say, oh, you're living my dream. And I'm like, live it yourself. Like, come on. This is not that hard. Come do this. One of my favorite videos on my channel is of a disabled van lifer who she's in her 70s. And she was like, I'm going to be in a wheelchair, whether I'm in a little apartment looking at a brick wall or in a van looking at the water or the forest or the stream. And so I choose nature. And I feel like that was a really good, Aww. yeah, right? It's important. Men don't have the, I mean, so many women, you get on the road and people are, oh my gosh, are you going to be safe? You know, why, you know, why are you doing this? They're so afraid for women doing this. And my stock response when I first started was, you know what? I lived alone in a college town with drunk frat boys wandering around. I feel just as safe on the road. Right. <laughs> Maybe even safer, actually. Yeah, that's such a good point. Mm -hmm. And people don't know where you are like week to week. <laughs> I know. Oh, my Sometimes. gosh. When I started making videos and people would make comments saying, oh, you need to block out your license plate. I'm like, what is my license plate information? How is that going to help them? They are not going to find me. <laughs> I'm not at that address right. that's on my license plate. I love your heart for women. That just like makes me so happy. And, and especially, you know, the... The point that you made of when you're at the age that after you've raised kids and if you find yourself alone at that age, like, why not? Uh, oh, I love that so much. Whenever you think back to who you were before van life, have you seen a big change in yourself from, you know, almost six years ago, Joni, until now? You know, that's kind of a hard question for me to answer because I'm one of those people who's always evolving. I'm always learning. I'm always mm -hmm. growing. And so, yes, definitely, there's always a change. There's always been a big change. Um, my whole life, I've been changing and evolving. I feel like I do have more confidence, even though I've always been pretty confident. I've always just been me. So, well, not always, but, you know, pretty definitely since I've come <laughs> out as a lesbian, I, I've been me. You know, I've always been an organizer. I've always been a leader. Like, I've always, you know, when I was in the Sticks and Bricks, I was organizing 
like homeschooling groups and whatever I'm into, I'm always organizing people to do it with me. Right. And um, and Mm -hmm. so that's just something that I do as well in nomad life. I've started too many Facebook groups. Um, I have a number of them that that I nurture, um, including my gal adventures, which is for women nomads or wannabe nomads, um, which is my community that goes along with my channel. Originally, it was open to anyone, um, even though it was called Gal Adventures. And um, I decided to really focus on women and um, basically removed all men from the group. (laughs) Well, with a name like Gal Adventures, you would think they would probably self-select out, but (laughs) if they're there for, you know, the wrong reasons or the right reasons, whatever. For any reason, really, I, I just, yeah. And so through the Gal Ventures, I do, I organize a weekly nomadic women's virtual happy hour where we, you know, basically it's to build community. I have women answer questions when they join my group and about, you know, what are, what are your challenges? You know, is it finding or building your rig? Is it making money on the road? Is it um, finding community? And so many, so many of those things, once you find community, even if that's not one of your big challenges, finding community can help you dissipate all the other challenges. You'll you'll have people to help you with the other things, Incl- even finding and building a rig. You, you know, if you if you have a nomadic community, they can help you because we know people are getting rid of rigs. We know people like tonight and next Thursday, I'm doing rig comparisons on my uh, happy hour. And I've invited women with specific different rigs to come and share the pros and cons of their rigs because I have a lot of people who are looking, you know, trying to figure out what rig is work is best for them. I love that point you made about when you have community, all the other problems kind of go on the back burner, kind of dissipate. That's that's true in like so many areas of life. And I can imagine, especially if you're a solo uh, female traveler, additionally true, right? Exponentially true. So what would you tell a woman who's um, decided to hit the road, doesn't know how she's going to make money? Uh, what are your What are your go to responses for her? I mean, it really depends on her what her skills are. A lot of women who ask that question don't seem to have thought about what skills she might need to make money on the road. Um, but I give them resources. So one of the resources I. So I was doing a women on the road um, series on my channel, and one of the women has a course on making money on the road. And so I definitely and she has she has both a free and a paid version of her thing. So I um, I will definitely send them that way. The other resource that I send them to is. Um, so I'm a huge fan of escapees and escapers. Escapees is a is a big RV club. Uh, they've been in business for over 40 years, and they focus on helping full timers. And I'm a member of escapees and also the subgroup escapers, which is for working age RVers. And they have a what is it a job uh, RV or job exchange? I think is what it's called. I might be wrong on that. They have a a place where Companies will post jobs that are good for remote workers, and remote workers can um, can apply for those jobs. 
So that's another place that I um, send them to. That's awesome. I've never actually heard of that community. So thank you for sharing that. I'll have to look into that. That one is amazing. You really should. Um, they're, the escapers um, com- have convergences. Um, they're, they're paid events, but there's always a family section. You really should check them out. So I have another question for you on a personal note. It sounds like moving into a van was kind of a slow, like you did like a two month transition. Were you kind of a minimalist before you lived in a van or how, how was that transition for you? I've always been into organizing. Um, I used to organize stuff. Uh, So it took a long time to build my van. I also knew that I was going to, I wanted to go full time in my van and it was not a fast transition. My, that my van builder took 17 months to build my van was ridiculous. So this wasn't like I had to do it right away, right? It was, you know, it was definitely a slow process. Um, so I was was doing the whole Marie Kondo thing on my on all my stuff. I had the benefit of the in-laws full-timing for 19 years. And during that time, they had a storage unit um, in the Sacramento area and one of their chores every year was to go by Sacramento and check on their storage unit and, you know, kind of organize it, clean it out, whatever. And when they were done, they didn't want most of the stuff they'd paid all that money all those years to store. And so I was adamant that I was not going to have a storage unit. I was everything needed to fit in my van. I, I do have a couple of boxes of photo albums and a cedar chest at my dad's house, but otherwise Everything I own is in my van. My girls are total minimalists. Um, they don't like having stuff. They're still in that period of time in their lives where they're moving quite often and um, often with roommates. And so they're just in a bedroom generally. And so they are not stuff kids at all. And so I had them take whatever they wanted to keep. I did have a lot of family items. And so I reached out to the greater family and said, I'm no longer the keeper of these family heirlooms. If they're important to you, you can keep them. If not, they're going away. I think a lot of women, especially women my age and older, feel this real responsibility to their ancestors to keep the family heirlooms. I I try and tell them, I don't think your grandma would appreciate you not living your best life because of her stuff. You're probably living the life that she like never could have in her wildest dreams had, you know? She'd be like, of course, get rid of it. Get out there, girl. <laughs> That's a great point. So on that note, um, how how do you do holidays? Um, is that an important time for you and your kids? Or I don't know if you have siblings or parents still around. Is that a cherished time of year for you? It is or not. not really? No, we're not big holiday okay. people. <laughs> you know, I don't know when that happened. My oldest always kind of hated Christmas. So we kind of stopped doing Christmas. We're atheists. So it was like, okay, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, so... Holidays haven't been super important. Um, I don't do a lot with my family of origin. Um, they used to try and get together at Christmas, and I hate traveling that time of year with snow and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Last year, this this year, this past year, I um, 
decided to avoid holidays completely and I went down to Baja. This past year, um, we were actually traveling. My friends and I were traveling back up to the U.S. We crossed over on the second, basically didn't celebrate New Year's um, in the parking lot of a restaurant in Baja. You were like non-holiday celebration. We're just celebrating because life is good, right? Yeah. That's funny because we, me and our little family here, we've only been on the road six months. And so our, this, you know, most recent Christmas and all of that, it was our first time on the road, uh, away from our family in the Midwest. And it was my husband's very first time in his whole life, not being with his family at Christmas. And it was such a funny experience for me because back when we were living in a house and it just kind of like, you know, felt like you had these like traditions and cadences, like it's always fall and then the Halloween and then the Thanksgiving. And and like, I would look forward to it so much every year. And whenever we hit the road, like every week was such an adventure that when it came to Christmas and holidays and like, you know, it just feels like they're all jumbled together, you know, I, I just didn't have that same like anticipation and like, oh yeah, it's finally Christmas morning. I was like, there was just something in me that kind of, it was kind of like a switch flipped a little bit. Like I didn't feel like I needed that time as much, you know, because we're, we've kind of just learned how to celebrate life, you know, (laughs) outside of a certain day. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but I really enjoyed that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrating the curve in the road that gives you a new horizon. Christmas kind of pales to that. I know. And the stuff. I'm like, the stuff. We're at the beach. Right. (laughs) I was so glad to be away from the consumerism of the holidays um, when I was in Baja. I don't like giving gifts for giving gifts, you know, just because you have Mm -hmm. to give a gift. If I find something that someone will really find meaningful, then I want to give that gift. You know, gifts is not one of my five love languages. I don't like people to give me things. Um, I love being a van lifer because I can say, oh, I have less than a hundred square feet. I can't take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, thank you. You even wrote that in the my questionnaire. I was like, where can I send a thank you? Yeah. No. And you're like, ah, I don't like mail. <laughs> oh, I hate that. mail. <laughs> I love it. So good. Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay. I have to ask you because you've been on the road almost six years now. Uh, Do you have a list of top few favorite, favorite camping spots that you can tell listeners about? You know, it changes all the time. It's so funny because I didn't love the town of Guerrero Negro in Baja, California, sir. But there was this one spot where we stayed on a concrete pier, the three vans all parked on this concrete pier and 80% we were surrounded by water and there were dolphins and it it was (gasps) really magical. So that was, you know, an epic spot. Um, I do look for epic spots, though. I have had a lot of epic spots. In fact, this fall I was... um, I was driving by the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. I'm like, I'm going to finally stop at the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And it was a little later than I should have been finding a spot. And I'm driving down this forest road. And I'm like, well, that one's okay. But I'm going to see what's a little bit farther and a little bit farther. And 
I ended up going down a road that is probably a four by four road. And I did find that epic spot. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can make it back up in the morning, but look at this view out my back window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. And I made it up <sighs> just fine. No problem. So, you know, just yeah. Knowing- the next morning you're like, oh, rattlesnake nests. <laughs> I I did walk up that hill to Coyotes. see if I could make it up. Yeah, I, I did walk it and I'm like, okay, this is a little iffy, but you know what? Put it in first gear, take off the um, the SRS or whatever it is, the, the anti-skid stuff, whatever that does, and uh, it just right up the hill. Ended up working out. Isn't that crazy how you, I mean, it's like almost at least weekly, if not daily. It's just one of those, like, how is this going to work? Well, it kind of, things just kind of work themselves out. <laughs> I have one more question and then I'd love for you to share all of your spots on the internet that people can find you and connect with you. So the slogan for this podcast is a podcast about unexpected riches. And I would love for you to share what is the unexpected richness that you have found in van life? Absolutely. A hundred percent community. The, I have to intentionally camp on my own to camp alone. I have so many nomadic friends and we are so much closer than any other friends I've ever had in my life. There is something about camping with people that brings you closer, um, especially when you're mostly a bunch of introverts. Most of us don't like small talk. And so we dive right into those topics right away and just develop just really rich friendships um, really quickly. The other thing is flexibility and just the goofiness. And when you're in a sticks and bricks, you have to arrange time to get together with friends generally, unless you're really, really lucky and you have that backyard neighbor that you do everything with. Most of the time you're like, okay, well, I think I can go to that movie next Friday blah, 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 you know, whatever. Everyone's getting out their calendar. Everyone's busy. Like I travel mostly with friends who work full time as digital nomads on the road and they're working nine to five jobs. No big deal. It's not like they're not working more, you know, they're not working any less than people in houses. We'll go for a dog walk before they start work. And then maybe because we're camped right next to each other, and my friend might wander over during her lunch break and see, you know, see what I'm doing. And then we'll figure out what we're doing after work almost every day. Are we going for a hike? Are we having a game night? Are we watching a movie? Are we having a dance party? Um, are we doing food together or not doing food together? I mean, it it's an almost every night thing. And you don't get that generally, again, unless you're super lucky and you have that really close neighbor. My husband and I talk about that too. It's like no one has anything more important to do (laughs) than hang out with each other. You know, it's not like there's no running around except maybe to the grocery store or like to a certain nature spot to go on a certain hike or whatever. You know, there's just people on the road are like, of course we're going to hang out with you. Like we don't have anyone else to (laughs) We'll be there. Whatever it is, we can be there. Yeah. My friends and I, 
and we're all solos. So it, it might be a little different with families, but we'll go to Costco together and run around Costco and be all crazy at Costco. Or we'll go have a laundromat party and we'll all go do our laundry at the same time. I mean, it's so different. It's so, so different. And it's it, it's richer. I, I guess that that is that is your theme. It's there's definitely richness in in those relationships. Thank you for sharing that. That made me really happy to hear that. Uh, okay, so where can people find you online and connect with your gal group? I forgot the name. Gal Adventures? Gal Adventures, yes. So on Facebook, I have the group Gal Adventures. Everything else is The Galavan, T-H-E-G-A-L-A-V-A-N. It's um, It stands for Gal Adventure Van. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as The Galavan. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, so let me. You'll, you are a gal adventurer. Yes, yes. So <laughs> and then the galavan. Yeah. So YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram <laughs> as the galavan. Great. We'll have that in the show notes too to make make it easy for everyone to just link right over there. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Joni. I really enjoyed our conversation today, and I appreciate your time and and all of your wisdom and input. It was great. Great. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll see you soon. So what did you think? Was that inspiring or what? Hey, before you go, I have one thing to ask of you. Will you open up your podcast app and give us a rating and a review, please? Pretty please with a cherry on top. That would really help spread the Avi Queen's love and help us climb up the algorithms. (laughs) I love being a part of this community with you all. I hope you have a great week and I will see you on the road. Oh, rattlesnake nests.